0: The message this evening really goes along maybe with a couple of the things that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. We talked like two weeks ago about running our race with endurance, and we used Hebrews chapter 12 and those first three verses as kind of our 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 scripture reference. And we started in the one and talked about it, then we went to two and talked about it a little bit, and went to three. And last week we talked a little bit about connected and being connected and being plugged in and And what all that means for us, you know, with our cell phones and all of those things, and the fact that we don't want to run into a situation where our phone's dead, or where we don't have communication, or where we need to be speaking or sharing or communicating back and forth, and we can't do that because we weren't plugged into the word or we weren't open to the things that God had for us. And, and the reason that all these things are important, I mean, we're going to run into hardship. It says so in the word of God that you have to run your race with endurance. It's not a sprint. It's going to be a long distance race for us and that we have to run it that way, that we're going to have to communicate. We're going to have to know the direction to go. We're going to have to have all those things because we're going to face situations and circumstances and we're going to face things in our life that might cause us to back down from what we believe not just the fact that we're going to have them but the fact that they cause us to back down. So tonight I just want to share just a little bit uh, about courage. You know, don't back down somewhere in your life you've faced something, you've overcome. Somewhere in your life you've faced something and you shrunk back. What is that that makes us shrink back? Where that usually it's the, that becomes like the opportunity for our faith to grow. Usually that's like the level of our faith. When we face something in the natural and it comes against us, we respond with the word of God, we have action, we, we meditate the word, we move past that thing, we, we believe that God can do all things, you know, in our life, and so we move right past it. And there's something else that comes along that makes us go, ah, oh, hold on a minute. And it's, it's that moment where we kind of start to shrink back a little bit, where we have an opportunity. That's an opportunity for growth. In our life, And I don't know where it is in your life, you know, I mean, I kind of have an idea where it is in mine, but, but we're all in a situation somewhere where we're faced with growth. And growth is always beyond us, it's always out there, faith is always beyond what you can do in your own ability, or you wouldn't need faith. If God called you to do everything that you could do in your ability, well, you wouldn't need Him. He's called you to do things that are beyond your ability and beyond the things that maybe we can even fathom. And so we do need Him. I haven't done much in my life, I haven't gotten very many places in my life, I've never really grown in my life and not had to use courage. I mean, there's always been a place, you know, whether it was when you were, you know, 15, 15 and a half, you're getting your permit, and you have to get behind that wheel, and I don't care how cool you think you are, I don't care how bad you think you got it whooped, that first couple times behind that wheel, man, you cannot pretend like you're cool anymore because you are freaking out. You know, I mean, the guy's like, you know, trying to teach you to drive and, you know, put the key in gear and you're like, I don't want it. Yes, go ahead. Yes, you can. You know, I don't care if it's that time or it's that day when you cross the stage at graduation from high school and you're like, you got the whole world by the tail and things are great. But then there's another day, you know, because like the next day, you got to like get a life because you don't have, you're not in school anymore. I mean, you either got to go to school or you got to get a job or you got, I mean, you walk off that stage and you can have a nice night. You know, I mean, they say that you rejoice for a season, but then like in the morning, like that's like real life. You got to do something. And you have to have courage at that point because all of that that's out there, there's great things out there. I mean, when you graduate at that point, when you walk across that stage, it's, it's man, your world's limitless. And from this side of the stage, you know, you think it is. You're like, oh, this is awesome. I and mean, life's going to be so, man, it's going to be great. But then when you walk across that stage and you're in it, like, oh my goodness, I'm so ill-prepared, and I'm, I'm going to fail. But see, that's where all of a sudden you have to decide. Fear comes against all of us. The enemy comes against all of us with fear. I was talking with somebody, I don't even remember who it was, so if you're here, you know, I'm not going to name you because I don't remember you. But you know, I mean, somebody was, it's <laughs> the way it is with me, man. I got a lot of people say, don't tell anybody, don't worry, I don't remember a thing you say. Once you leave the office, man, I, you're going to have to tell me again, so... It's all good. You can pour your guts out to me all the time. I'm, I don't remember who I told what story to, so I just keep telling the same things over and over again. But anyway, I, you know, I was telling this person, I said, hey, you know, they were fearful. There were some things that were coming against them that were some big issues and some big things. And, I, and, and they, they started to, to, to waver just a little bit but they weren't wavering because they didn't know that they were supposed to step out in faith. They weren't wavering because they didn't know what God told them to do. They were wavering because they felt that thing coming against them. And I said, hey, hey, it's, it, we all feel that thing coming against us. We all feel that fear rise up. But it's what you do when that fear don't feel Don't feel like you've failed God because you, you, you were in a situation where you knew that the opportunity to be fearful was there. Don't feel like you failed God if that thing started to come up and you started to go, ooh, come on. Because that's what's telling you you're going to have to step out in faith. That thing comes against all of us. But it's what you do at that moment that decides whether or not you go on past. See, victory in my life has never been backwards. Victory's always been forwards through that thing. Growth in my life has never been because, you know, I was wavering and I was weak-kneed and kind of a wimp. Growth always came because I was courageous to step out into whatever it was that God had for me to do. The people that I admire, maybe the people that you admire in faith, maybe somebody that's done some things and you've tried to to look at their life and say, you know what, they're really great people, great man, great woman of faith, and they've really imparted into my life and they've really grown. And you look at them, why is that? Because they've been courageous to live the word. I mean, it takes courage. You have to be able to do the things that God called you to do in the face of being unable to do them in fear because it comes against all of us. But I start most of my messages with this idea that says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I mean, period done, it's it, you know, I mean it's in Philippians you can go find it it's in chapter 4. It says in Genesis in chapter 1. If you look in verse 26 and you've heard this scripture many times, maybe you've started your Bible reading like 37 times so you got this far. You know, as you went through there, it's, it's the first chapter, first chapter of the book. So, you know, I'm pretty good at the first three chapters of the book, you know. It's just after that, it gets a little, gets a little loose. So uh, I always go back to the first one. But it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over all the cattle, over all the earth, and over all the creeping things that creep on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created them. And then it says in verse 28, Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and... Subdue it. Have dominion, again, dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That means that he created man in his image to have dominion, to, to really pretty much just rule the roost. And he said, you can do everything except eat from the tree. And last week we talked about Eve and the deception and those things and how that crept in. But, but here's the deal. We look back and we say, yeah, but that got all fouled up because Adam and Eve sinned. Well, that's true. But Jesus came to set the record straight. Jesus came to fix that and to reset that opportunity for us in our life. See, and so what you have to understand is that he created you in his image. He created you for good works, it says right in Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 10. And, and, and what he did was he sent Jesus to come and to die on the cross so that this very scenario, this very situation could happen again. He he didn't just do it just cause. I mean, he wanted us to have that relationship. He wanted us to have the opportunity to live forever. But he wanted to restore things to the way they were before the fall. And before the fall, don't we think, oh, man, Adam and Eve had a good, man, they had everything. You know, God was with them, and they walked in the garden, and they did all those kind of things. No, they didn't have jobs. But, you know, I mean, they were out working, even though they were doing stuff. You know, I mean, they didn't, they didn't, you know, they just, they were there. It was good. Made a mistake. It got bad real quick. And they got booted out. But Jesus came to fix that. And if you've received Jesus into your life, then whether you have the revelation of it or not, then your life should be lived like this. With all the dominion. Because that was all stolen from man by the enemy, but it was replaced by the blood of Jesus. And so because there was that replacement made, we have the opportunity to live that way right now on this earth but it's going to take courage. Because everything out there says that that can't be true. Everything in your world that you look around probably looks around and you say that can't be true. But it is true. Are you saved? Sure. Well, how in the world do you know that? Because the Spirit says, uh, you know, I mean, I, I read the book and I, I, I prayed and I so I can't talk you out of that, so why then is this piece of it so much harder to live? If we live and say, yes, I'm born again, because I know God's Spirit has made it Right? It says that his spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are his children. So, I mean, I know that's true. It's in my heart. Man, you can't take that away from me. Well, then you should also understand that you have dominion over all those things in your life. But you have to have courage and you have to grow. And it takes what? Faith. Because this whole part of the puzzle is beyond where we are. In that time, it wasn't necessarily beyond them because God was right there with them and he spoke that into existence. The enemy came and now we have to live by what? By faith. The enemy came, stole, broke in, whatever you want to say, did all the things that he did. But Jesus came, died on the cross, and we have to come to him. How? By faith. Then everything from that point on that's true about this word has to be lived in our life now by faith. And it takes courage to live by faith. You can't just do it on your own. He gave us his helper, right? He sent the Holy Spirit. In John, in chapter 14, 26, it says that he is the helper. But the helper who in the Holy Spirit... That's the Holy Spirit who's going to come and going to help you where you are. He didn't even just like boot you out of the nest and say you're on your own. He said, hey, I can't be with you because I'm at the right hand of the Father ever interceding for you, so I'll send the Helper in my place. And the Helper will reside on the inside of you. And He'll lead you and He'll guide you into the truth. It says in 1613 that he'll speak to you those things to come. I mean, that's, that's what he did. He didn't just leave us out there. He didn't just fix it and say, okay, you can get it, but then you're on your own. He said, I'll fix it. I'll bring it back to an opportunity where you can live in dominion in your life. It's going to take faith, but do you know what? To help you, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so not only has he created you and has he fixed the issue, but he's also equipped you to do that. And in our life, we have to see ourselves as the head and not the tail, and the above and not the beneath. I think many times we think about, oh, I know it's true, I just can't do it. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can, you can. Today's a new day. Today's a new day. Today is the day that this is going to be just absolute reality to you, and you're never going to back down again, and that you're just going to proceed with your shield and with your sword dressed in the armor of God to do all the things that God called you to do. You've been called to reign. Look in Romans in chapter 5. And I like this because it doesn't just say that you're a child of God, you get everlasting life, he's given you victory, you know, go, go hide out on the earth until the, you know, until you pass away or until the, the second coming and, and, you know, just kind of be down there and don't, you know, don't, don't freak out, don't, don't you know, don't, don't, don't cause attention, you know, just kind of stay there. And if you hang out and stay there just kind of real quiet, you know, someday it's all going to come true for you. See, Adam and Eve were the, uh, the rulers of the roost. They were the ones who were there and had all of the dominion and all the power and all the authority. They named all the animals. They, you know, I mean, they did all of that stuff. So, I mean, if you, if you looked at it, they were pretty much like it. Well, then what happened? Jesus died on the cross to bring us back into that situation in our lives. So he wouldn't bring us back into a situation where we would have to be second place to the enemy in this world, he brought us back into a situation where we're supposed to reign and rule in this earth. It says that for the free gift is not like, and this is just a little back and forth between Adam and Christ and, and between the flesh and the spirit and the things that happen. And it says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense, Adam, many died, much more the, the grace of God and the gift By the grace of God, by one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And that gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came through the offense resulted in condemnation. See, that's that flesh, man. That's that hammer. That's that, oh, man. You know, that's that part that says, I missed it. And the devil says, yeah, you did. And, oh, I'm no good. And he says, no, you're not. There's conviction that says, hey, you made a mistake. We need to fix that right now. The condemnation is that part that brings you down. Conviction always has an opportunity to bring you back up. So you don't put your head down. When there's conviction, you say, Father, I repent. And he he lifts your head back up. If you go on past that part, though, it says, And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came through the one uh, resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from those many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through that one, much more, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky, It says, much more those who receive the abundance of grace. That means it's provided, but there's only some that choose it. It says, those who would, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will what? Will reign. Now, this just leads me to think that if they're going to reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ. If if there's going to be some who do, there might be some who don't. But the ones who do will get that revelation and they'll have that opportunity to reign in this life. Now, that doesn't mean somebody's going to come and they're going to make you, a, you know, you're not going to get to rule in like your little neighborhood. They're not going to make you, you know, king of the neighborhood association or anything. I don't. You know, maybe they do. But, but, but spiritually and mentally and physically in your life, you're reigning over the power of what? The enemy. You're reigning over the power of darkness. It says, Therefore, as though one man's judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men. And it resulted in the justification of life. There's this grace and this righteousness. This righteousness comes, that puts you in the position to receive it, and His grace is the thing that empowers you to live it. His grace, you know, that's an acronym that says, you know, God's riches at Christ's expense. That spells grace if you take those letters. It's God's ability working on the inside of you. He is the one who does this. He is the one that empowers you so that really mentally you can renew your mind to the Word of God. Spiritually in your life, you can stand up and know that what the Word says about you is true, and that's who you are in Christ. The thing that says, you know what? My body wants to do this. My eyes want to look here. My ears want to hear this. My mouth wants to say this, but I'm going to bridle all of that. Well, how do you do that? Because you You are His. The grace of God allows you to live your flesh or have your flesh lived as a sacrifice unto the Lord. But it's all through His grace. And because of our righteousness that puts us in position, His grace that empowers us to do that. But that empowers us to live that way. But it still goes back and it says, I get to make the choice because it says, through that one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace. So receive it. It's ours. It's like having a Christmas tree, you know, and having a present under there, and it has your name on it. You're going to open that up, eventually. If you're Pastor Bill, you're opening it up before Christmas. <laughs> and taping it back together so Pastor Pam has no idea. Uh-huh, it's happened a time or two, Jerry, it's happened a time or two. We have to shop like the day after Christmas, so we know Pastor Bill will wait before The word reign, though, I think it's on your notes, but it says that it's to possess and exercise power and authority to be predominant or prevalent, to rule as a sovereign. But doesn't it say in 1 Peter that we're kings and priests? I mean, he's taken us as his own chosen people, and he's made us that. So you have the opportunity to reign. But who's going to step up to the plate and do it? Who's going to live it in their life? And here's the deal. We all do it to some level, but God's always calling us from level to level. So just because you conquered it at level A doesn't mean that you're not going to have to do it in in level B. You don't get like the dose of courage that takes you all the way through the deal. You step up. Faith. That grace begins to take over. You get courage. You step out in faith. Yes, victory. Whoa, another mountain. Cast in the sea. Gone. Victory. Another mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anything, Pastor Bill, is always he's always prepared us for the opportunity of, an, of a new storm, of a new mountain, of a new thing. The enemy doesn't like us, and he's, ta- he's taught us for all of those years that he's going to come against you at every step and every level. But that doesn't mean that he won't win. That doesn't mean he'll win. He might, because you might let your guard down. He might, because you might back down. You might begin to be deceived like Eve, and we talked about last week in chapter 3. But if you don't allow that to happen in your life, if you stay above and not beneath, then he can't win. Because God called you to reign. He called me to reign, and we're supposed to reign in this earth. I am the best me that I can be. I can't reign as Corey, and Corey can't reign as me, but I I can reign being me. In my world and the things that God's called me to, following after his will for my life, man, I'm telling you what, I can be the best me that I can be. And it's all laid out there. And all I have to do is continue to step out in faith, have courage, fight the enemy, stand. I mean, it's all those things. But if you don't let your guard down, if you don't stop, if you don't give up, if you continue to push through, you'll see the victory in your life. He'll be right there for you. Always does. But it takes risk. It does take risk. It's fear versus faith. And in your life, fear is easy. It hurts. It makes you feel bad sometimes, but fear is easy. You can run away and and, and just embrace fear all day long. It takes nothing to get more people to embrace it with you. Have you ever been just like a little little fearful, some of it coming against you? So what do you do? You go find like four other people who are more fearful than you, and you throw it on them. And so now everybody's fearful. And once that makes you feel better, because if you're going to be a loser, you might as well be a loser with a bunch of people. But just like by yourself, because then you feel bad. But if you got more people fearful with you, they're going to tell you reasons why it's okay. Oh, yeah, that almost killed my uncle. Ooh, come over here. Let's all talk about how bad that is. Well, I'm not dead, so that makes me feel good. You know, so all of a sudden, you're like getting all these people. And instead of 2 Timothy 1, okay, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, It's not just the fact that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. It's just that in that moment when that fear comes against us, see, it doesn't say run and get more people to be fearful. It it actually doesn't say go run and find Pastor Bill and have him pray for you. He said to Timothy, hey, pal, let me tell you what. This is what Paul's talking to Timothy. He says, this is going to be, these things are going to come against you in your life. He says there has to be speaking something to that because the verse after this, he said, that we don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So I, I don't know what was going on in the conversation or in the letters he was writing it, but there had to be something going on for him to say. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. What's verse 6 say? It says, stir up the gift. Therefore I remind you to what? Stir up the gift that's on the inside of you, which was there because of the laying on of my hands. It's got an infilling of the Holy Spirit, the opportunity to speak in tongues in your life, and you have that, begin to stir that gift up on the inside of you. Begin to quote the Word. Begin to speak the Word. Begin to meditate the Word. Begin to pray in the Spirit. It'll edify. See, it'll grow you up. It'll give you what? Courage. You know? I don't know which one of those characters needed courage. You watched that show like a million times, Yellow Brick Road. Who, who the lion needed courage. You're not all a bunch of cowardly lions. What happened in the end? See, in the end, what did he find out in the end? That he already had courage, he just didn't realize it. What do you have on the inside of you? The Word of God. You're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You speak in tongues. You've got courage there, you just don't know it. But it's risky. What if it doesn't work? Yeah, what if it does? You know, you look at people, and I shared this with some of these young people over the last few weeks. Here's the deal. There are a lot of people out there that are just kind of getting by, and I think I shared this in here, too. There are very few people who will take the things that they know and just go after that thing that they have in their heart. Full bore, regardless of the situation, circumstances, regardless of what stands in front of them, they're going to do the right thing, and they're going to go after that thing that God's put in their heart, and they do those great things. And then what happens 50 years later? Everybody looks back and goes, man. They had a lot of courage. They had a lot of guts to go out there and do that. They risk it all. But see, there's something something to that. Do you want to live a safe life? Or do you want to live a great life? Do you want to see some of what God has for you? Or do you want to see everything that's available to you by God? Thelma could sit and she could teach forever at Purdue. I think she's tenured. Yeah? Oh, they're never going to fire her. She could do anything she wanted to. She could drive her car into the class. It doesn't make any difference at this point. She could do anything. And (laughs) she could have a great life. I mean, she could be over there, just whatever. But you know what? Something on the inside of her wasn't settled. There was something that God had for her that was beyond where she was. There was something that took great faith and great courage and great trust in God. There was something where she had to say, okay, 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 I'm going to go do it. Well, Thelma, let me tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't. Thelma, do you know that you've got a great job? You don't need to go do that. Thelma, oh, you're just, you're just a lady. What, what would you do if you're in Cartagena? And even me. I said, like, Cartagena, Columbia, like, Columbia people get shot. Are you safe? And she assured me that she was safe, so I was like, well, then go knock it out, man. I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to see your picture on a milk carton somewhere. And like, ah, there's Thelma. You know, they're holding her up for ransom or something. Columbia, man, that's like a bad thing. I mean, they're like shooting people. Apparently, that's on the other side of the mountain. So on her side, it's beautiful and everything's good. So that's good. But see, there's all of those. Sorry, I'm not trying to plant bad seed into your mind there. It's not going to happen. But all of those things stand against her. And Thumb was a young lady. I mean, she's a young lady in the Lord, but she's, you know, she's going through stuff, and she's, she's out there, and, you know, I mean, she's got stuff happening, and people would be thinking, boy, there'd be a lot of other things you could do, Thelma. There's things around town. There's stuff here. Why don't you do something that's a little safer? Why don't you just not be so risky? And she's found in her life that, you know what, all the things that God has for her is when she's out there risking everything for the Lord and said, I'm going to follow after him, and she's going to have courage. She's out there snapping those people at the airlines and and she's got it all figured out. When she goes with those kids, she fills Blaze up with stuff. I mean up. Oh yeah, I mean it's I'm not talking just you know some stuff here. I walk in, look at it and walk out. And I just I can't even I can I can't think in there. I mean it is it's literally like boxes everywhere and she's got these kids stacking stuff. She's got this air these, this airline just convinced that they have to do everything that she says. And she tells them these are what they're bringing, and they're going to have one pair of shorts, and what they got's what they got, but they're bringing all this stuff for people. And God opens up doors, and God makes ways, and God provides, and God brings stuff. All that stuff is collected. over God does all of this stuff because somebody has said, you know what? I got the courage to risk some stuff, and I, instead of me taking my break, I'm going to go take these kids, and we're going to take spring break, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to change a country. And it might not be the whole country, but it's going to be a community. Well, It might not be the whole community, but it's going to be this little bit of people right here that we can make a difference in their life. And it doesn't matter if I come back or not. See, Esther said what? You know, I mean, hey, if I perish, I perish. Now Thelma's not going to perish, but she has to go into each trip thinking that same thing. You know what? I'm going after this because God said, and I'm just going to go out there and do what he said, period, done, end of story. And I'm sure people have given her all kinds of grief and asked her all kinds of questions about it, and she's just had to continue to stand and say, my God is faithful. And as you have that kind of courage in your life, not only does he open the door, but he begins to propel you through there. And you begin meeting with the president of the university that they said you could never meet with. See, they said that you could do things that that you you could never do. Well, how can you do it? Because of the grace of God. It begins to open up the door and begins to make a way for you. The Bible's full of people who who had to risk everything to follow God. I mean, if you go to Genesis and you look at the things that, that were going on there, Abraham in chapter 12, he said, hey, hey, this is what I need you to do. I need you to get your family and I need you to go out. Where are we going? Yeah, just go. I'll tell you when you get there. He says to Noah, I need you to build a boat because it's about to rain. And I'm going to flood the earth. Well, if you go back in Genesis in chapter 1, a little earlier than the verses we read, it said there wasn't ever rain that fell. There was a mist. And so all of a sudden, they're going to be like, what's rain? Just build the boat. Okay. So he starts building a boat for all of these years. See, what is it that God's saying that nobody said you could ever... I mean, there are people who are like, you can't do that. It's That's impossible. What is it that God's speaking you to do that you look in the mirror and you go, that's impossible, I can't do that. Because that's probably what God wants you to do. Because if you could do it, you wouldn't need Him. And the things that He gives you to do are bigger than where you are. But they take courage. And you have to resist fear. And you resist it steadfastly, it says in 1 Peter, steadfastly in the faith. It says, cast all your cares. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Chapter 5, verse 6. It says, humble yourself. Then it says, cast your cares. It says the enemy's out there, and he's roaring, trying to see whom he can devour and see. I mean, he wants to take you out, and he's just checking to see. But if you're standing there, dressed in the armor of God, looking like that guy, you know, from the movie, and you got all that stuff going on, and you're sweaty, and your face is all painted up, and you look tough, and you got muscles, and you stand there, face muscles, you know. But you're doing your thing. You know, you got a spirit. I mean, you got it all going on. And like, bring it on. The enemy might go, I'll pick on somebody else today. He's going to come against you. But then you're going to stand up in courage. You're going to stand up in faith. And it says that you're the the, the victorious person in the situation. That you have the victory. Does that mean... That you got to fight, claw, scratch, and do all those things. I don't know. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's been a lot of work. Other times it's just been, been me saying yes. I mean, in your life, you didn't get salvation because you had to do something. You got it because you said yes. There are other things in your life where you're out there working yourself to the bone, and there's sweat, and there's toil, and there's all that kind of stuff. I don't know what the situation is in your life, but I do know that we got to get out there and spiritually in our life say, okay, I'll do whatever it takes. I got the courage. But I've gotten to that point in my life where the risk I thought... ooh, I don't know, that risk is... Before I came and left teaching to come here, there was like a three-year period where God did nothing but show me people who took great risk and took great steps and who stepped out in faith and who trusted God and who were quitting their jobs and going different places and moving and doing all these things. Why? So I could begin to see that God is God. And in my heart, I could begin to get behind that and begin to pray and begin to get encouraged and begin to say, okay, God, you are God. I know you're faithful. He began to show me all these stories and all these people and people that I knew when I was just like, wow. They like quit their job and like move somewhere. Or like this person just took another job and went over there. So it's just like, oh. I have a hard time moving across town. You know, I mean, it's like, I, I, I don't, you know, I, All my stuff is in a box. I don't want to do the box. I still got the same box that I've had from when I was a little kid. You know, I mean, I like my stuff. But I knew in my own life that God was getting me to the point where it was time to step out to a new level. And that I couldn't ever get to that level by remaining back down by the enemy. And he was growing me in different areas of my life. Opportunity for faith to grow. Almost a baby Huey, you know. Have you ever seen baby Huey? He's the gigantic guy with the diapers and the little pacifier, and he's, you know, he's in the nest, and nobody can kick him out now because he's too big. See, he, he never got out. Not that I was baby Huey, but I was, I was beginning to grow. <laughs> I don't like to think of myself that way. I always try to put myself in the most positive light in my own eyes. I don't care what you think. i got to think good things about me. So, I mean, you get to that point, and then it's time time to make the decision if you're going to go. I didn't try to do it early. I didn't try to do it too late. I didn't try to do it like six months before. I didn't try to do it two years before. Talked about it, prayed about it, thought about it. But I didn't do it until I felt like in my own heart that it was time to do it. But that didn't make it easier because I knew it was time. See, that didn't make it easier because I'd seen all these other people do it. It didn't make it easier because I thought, you know what? On the other side of that is everything that God's promised me. I still had to risk. I still had to step out in faith, and it still took courage. No matter what step, no matter where you are, it takes courage. You have to believe. Mark 9, 23, right? The man said, help me in my unbelief. He said, if you could do anything for me. If you could do, if you could do anything. And Jesus said, hey, hey, hey. it's not a if. The if isn't on me. The if is on you. If you could believe all things are possible to him who believes. There's nothing impossible with God. If he's called you to it, he'll bring you through it. Period. If he's called you to Cartagena, I can't even say it right. Cartagena. Right, I know, you're right. I know, again, thanks. (laughs) He's He's correcting me constantly. No, 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 man, that's not it. Whatever. He's right again. Courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty. Now, listen, it doesn't just say that you can face it. It says courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, whatever that might be, without fear. We can all face it, we can all get licked. (laughs) It doesn't take anybody courageous to get their butt whooped. You know, I mean, if you want to jump out there and just fight the biggest guy in the room, that doesn't take nothing. That takes lack of brains. (laughs) Because, you know. But for David to stand up against Goliath, it took courage. It took real faith. It took real fortitude on the inside of him to know that this person was coming against Goliath the people of God, and that he was the person in that particular instance in time that was going to come against those things and make a difference. But at risk, there was risk, there was risk, there was risk. He was already anointed. They already said, you're going to be the next king. He knew that. Hey, I would have been thinking about hanging out with the sheep. You know, if I just hang out here long enough, all those people are going to be in trouble. That old guy's probably going to die and I'm going to end up being king because they've already poured the... You know, I mean, it was already taking... That was already done. So, you know... But he said, you know what, that's not the way, that's not the thing. See, there's always a growing, there's always a, what did he say? I've had the lion, I've had the bear, and now it's this guy. And there's no way through the end of that valley, into the victory that God had for them, except through that guy. And he was the one that had to stand up to him and go through it. He was the one that had to risk it to go down there and do it. And he did. Faith requires this great courage. But you stand up in the face of these things without fear now. Because when you stand up in courage that way, you stand up in faith. And faith is the opposite of fear. Jesus wasn't afraid. He wasn't scared. It says in the Word of God that anything that's not of faith is sin. And it said that Jesus never sinned. So if he didn't ever sin, then he wasn't in fear. See, he always responded in faith. And so we have that too. You have the ability to do the right thing every time. You've got the book and the Holy Spirit. We have an advantage that those who were in the Word of God didn't. If you look in Daniel in chapter 3, and we'll end with this story, it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in chapter 3. And I guess it's the story of Daniel as well, because it doesn't really say in chapter 3 where Daniel is in all of this. I don't want to believe that he he took off and deserted his friends, but nobody was really after Daniel. They were after the, the friends. And if you read the first few scriptures and go down through, you know, like 10, 11, you know, all the way 1 through 10, 11, they start talking about this situation where, where, where these people have kind of come up with this plan that says, you're going to bow down to this gold idol if you hear all the music and all the things. That when you hear the music, when you hear the stuff, you're going to bow down to this idol. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they already served the living God. And so it, they know that they know in their heart that, that they can't bow down to that idol because that represents compromise in their life, represents sin, and now all of a sudden they're, they're in trouble. And, and, and they're not going to do that. But, but they're really pushing Nebuchadnezzar. The people are really pushing Nebuchadnezzar to make this a big deal. And here's the thing in your life. When you come up against whatever that is, Right? We said in the beginning, there's something that you're coming to that's bringing this thing against you, and you have this decision. Am I going to go past it with courage, and am I going to risk it and step out in faith, or am I going to back down? And you, you, you have, you're up against this thing in your life. Somewhere you're in this same situation that these boys are. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a financial situation or a health situation or a relationship deal. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know how God's growing you and taking you to that next level. But in my life, it mean, it came down to May. I had to write a letter that said, I don't work here anymore. That's a that's a job that has, you know, that job gets paid. <laughs> I wasn't getting laid off. You know, I was, the, I was the highest I could get in my school. I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, all this happened with the schools and people lost their job. I wasn't losing my job. I made a lot of money over there. It was an easy job. I mean, it, I could have been, you know, I could have been comfortable, but I'd have never been fulfilled. But I had to come to a place in my life where I knew it was time. And so I had to sit down. And they were playing the music. <laughs> and I had to decide. Not that this is the fiery furnace by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) Pastor Pam won't hear this, will she? So we'll just pretend that she's, you know, Brandon, cut this from the tape. But, you know, like, I was getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace. I could escape that by just saying, you know what, I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. It'll all be okay. Or, I'm facing the fiery furnace. And that's basically what Nebuchadnezzar did. And he said, hey, here's the situation. If you don't, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. Just like Esther. Remember? They said, if you don't, God will raise up another. You know, if you don't, it, you can. You can be the person. Remember, we played that video that day where she pushes through those doors into that, into that palace. See, and they had the opportunity to say, oh, okay, okay, we were real tough for a minute. We stood against the enemy and then it got worse how many of you have been in a situation you said fine i'm going to plant seed then you lost your job not only did you owe rent now you planted seed and you lost your job god's going to come through because god asked you to do that you're you're giving the way he asked you whatever that is you're in the perfect center of his will you like, he's going to make a way he's going to make a way he's going to make a way i don't know where it's going to come from it says he makes a way in the wilderness right a road in the desert i mean i don't know where but, but, you, but they're like, oh, yeah. You know what? We're really tough there for a minute, but you know, oh, we're good. But they didn't. It said, if you go through here, it said, and they said to the king, we have no need to answer you in this. In that case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand. But if not, but if not, let it be known to you that we did not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. See, they said, Hey, buddy, we're standing against it. We're standing up in courage as faith. This is where God called us to, and we are going there, period. You know, and there came a time in our life where we had to do that. Kind of had to say, okay, honey, this is it, man. I'm writing a letter. We believe and you don't look back. You write the letter, you give it to the guy, and off you go. There have been opportunities to turn back, been opportunities to change, there has been op- all kinds of opportunities out there. But at that point, you've got to keep your, your, what's it say? It says keep your focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And you just keep going and you keep rolling. And if you'll do that, if you have that kind of courage in your life, if you have that kind of trust, and if you step out and you risk and you step out in faith like that, victory always follows you wherever you go. I've never shrunk back in fear, run and cowered in fear, and had a victory. It was always a defeat. The victories have always come because we've stood up in fear, courageously stepping out into what God has for us. And I don't know what that is in your life tonight, but it's time to be really courageous and to step out into what God has. Amen. Let's stand up together. It says at the end of this chapter, and you can go back and read it when you get home. But it says in the end that when they went in, they didn't go in alone. See, I mean, it's that idea that says, "Okay, God, you've got me this far. Are you going to be on the other side of this thing? He says, I'm right here. Then he always calm. Then he always just calm us in that point. He says, I'm right here. And they'd already done They've thrown it out. We're, we're not bowing down. You can put us in the furnace. And you know what happened? When they put them in the furnace, what did it say Nebuchadnezzar saw? It saw four people. There are only three people that went, I promise you that if you'll step out in courage, if you'll risk, if you'll step out in faith, You won't be alone. These three guys went into the furnace. They they said they would by themselves with faith and trust in God and who he was in their life. And when they ended up there, there were four guys. And it said one looks like, right? One looks like. See, they weren't alone. He was with them. And the same way he was with those guys, you know, in the book of Daniel, he's with us in our life. So tonight, as you just sit here with your head bowed and you've got your eyes closed and you're focused on what what he's called you to, the enemy would say to you that you've made mistakes and it's all gone. You know, you've cowered in fear, you've you've opened up your mouth, you've said crazy stuff, and that it's all washed away and that that you're just going to have to just be this way. But that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that today is a new day, a new opportunity. And that you don't have to respond in fear, you can respond in faith. You can take a a big step tonight in courage and risk and faith to say, okay, God, I understand. I get it in your life where you are. Ask God tonight if you don't know what that is. But I know that God's building our faith over this time. Pastor Pam's preaching on the anointing on Sundays. Why? Because we're going to have need of it as we move into this next season, this next thing that God has. And I want to be there in this next season. I want to be See, I want to be there. I want to stand up. I want to say, okay, God, you want to be there. You want to be a part of what God's doing in your life and in this church. It takes faith. It takes courage. So where you are right now, you just say, okay, God, that's me.